Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by the Agency Sales System, the online course designed specifically to teach you how to build a rock-solid agency sales system inside your HubSpot CRM. Learn more at doinbound.com slash sales course. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. All right, welcome to episode number 47 of Inbound Sales Journey. Very excited today. We have our first guest, Larry Levinson. Larry owns a, uh, an agency in Arizona, him with his partner, Mike Garland. And today we're going to have Larry talk about something pretty interesting that he's doing, which is uh, basically using events, local events that he is a part of, uh, sharing his story about how he got involved with doing that and the impact it's had on his agency. And Larry, are you, uh, are you there? Are you with us? I'm with you. Hello. Great. Awesome. Larry, so good to have you on. I think what would be great for everyone is just to hear a little bit more about your background, how you started the agency. From what I understand, you and Mike actually met at a local event, and that's how you guys kind of formed your partnership. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that story and how Sensible Marketing got started? Uh, Sure. I'd be happy to, Ryan. It it seems like ancient history now. It's five years ago. Holy cow. I um, had been a web developer for 13 years and was really tired of people saying, oh, I'd like that a little more blue, as if that would make any difference in the results they got from their website. But I didn't have any tools or, or real knowledge about you know, how to do anything about marketing uh, other than just some simple grassroots marketing stuff. And I started consuming a lot of content from this company called HubSpot and didn't pay any attention to who they were or what they did. I just was reading great content and I wish I'd said that to Bob and gosh, if I'd known that when I worked with Bill, that would have been so much better. Mm. And I got a call one day from David Winehouse who said, Hey, would you like to be a reseller? And honest to God, Ryan, I I have to confess, I did really say, uh, maybe what do you sell? (laughs) I mean, I just, I had no idea. Right. And, uh, as they say, the rest is history. I, I, um, Nick Salvatoriello was my onboarding coach. And I said, you got to train me in 90 days to be an agency. He said, well, we don't train people to be agencies. And I said, yes, you do. You're the biggest agency in the world. And you've trained lots of people. So train me. So he doubled down on training. It turns out I was like his fourth onboarding client. He had no clue. It was really funny. And, uh, uh, got trained and started an agency, and here we are all these years later. But I met Mike. I, I did a um, LinkedIn seminar down in Phoenix with a guest speaker and really nice facility, and there was a guy in the back of the room who looked familiar to me, but I couldn't place him. And afterwards, I went up to him, and we chit-chatted a little bit and found out how we knew each other. And I said to him, this was a couple of years ago, I said, boy, it'd be great to have you as part of our agency, but I I just don't know how we could ever swing it financially. He said, well, let's talk. And here we are. There you go. So this was, did this all happen in 2011? No, Mike came on in, uh, let's see, this is 2016. Mike came on in 2014. Okay. So you had already been doing the HubSpot thing already had some HubSpot clients and things like that. And then Mike came, came in a little bit later. Right, exactly. And Mike has a 20 year history 
of being a chief marketing officer in the uh, Phoenix area. So he knows a lot of people and he's really, really good at traditional marketing. Awesome. And I have to say he's getting really good at digital marketing too. Cool. Awesome. Well, Larry, for the listeners here who, who don't know, Larry is, uh, was an early adopter, not just of HubSpot, but also of Do Inbound as well. Been selling game plans like crazy. And we've had a lot of episodes on game plans and things like that. And, uh, and Larry, I, the reason I wanted to have you on was we, when we first started talking, uh, you were telling me about an event that you guys do. And it called uh, Inbound PHX, Inbound Phoenix, basically. And uh, so I'm really curious to hear how you guys got into that. And talk, we're going to talk a little bit about other agencies who are kind of thinking about outside of the box. How do I be creative? How do I maybe drum up some local business and leads? If you just tell the story about how you guys decided, hey, this is something we're going to get into and what that process was like in the beginning, that would be awesome. Sure, Ryan. And it's great because we actually got the idea from another inbound agency that was HubSpot Partner. Um, that agency is no longer in existence. They went on and did some other things. But um, I was getting these emails from a group up in Salt Lake City about this event called Inbound SLC, Inbound Salt Lake City. And they had speakers, and it was one morning, and it was like boom, 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 and then you were done. It was like two hours, two and a half hours. I can't remember exactly how they did theirs. And um, they did this quarterly. And I got the first set of emails. I go, well, I don't know how I got these, but whatever. And I got the second set kind of like, oh, they're still doing this thing, whatever it is. But by the time the third inbound SLC came around uh, and I got the emails inviting me, I picked up the phone and called them. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing that's so good that you've done three of them in a row? And are you getting results? And how is it impacting your agency? And they were kind enough to uh, set up a session where it was really a brain dump and tell me everything. And they said, uh, please, if, take whatever you can find in this and use it. So I love this opportunity to share this with other agencies and uh, hope everybody uses it. But basically what it is, is a morning of inbound marketing that's put on by us. That doesn't mean we're the speakers, we're the hosts and sometimes speakers. Um, in a really nice facility here in Phoenix, and that there's a topic each time. So uh, we've covered, we don't do HubSpot-focused, I should say this first, we don't do uh, HubSpot-focused topics, but all the topics fit with HubSpot. So in other words, we want an audience larger than the, the usual HubSpot users. Right. And we orient towards... CEOs and VPs of marketing in small to mid-sized companies, not real small because uh, we're a B2B agency. So we're looking for that kind of 5 million to 50 million range. Um, but we'll then go out, we'll have, we'll invent a topic and then we'll go out to various leaders in the community and say, Hey, could you or someone in your organization talk about this topic? Could you talk about this subtopic within that topic? And we line up our speakers. We line up a couple sponsors, pay for the food in the room. And we have an event that starts at 8.30, with doors open at 8.30. And there's some meet and greet. And at 9 o'clock, our first speaker talks. And we go in half-hour segments. So we have four speakers. And at the end of that, either Mike or I go to the front of the room, thank everybody for coming, 
uh, probably shout out about some door prizes if they fill out our survey, and then people leave. So it's real simple. People liken it speed dating. Um, and it, it really is. It's like people just dropping information in as fast as they can for 30 minutes, and then the next person goes. Um, so we've done this for two years now, and it's really been fabulous for us. We get, uh, first of all, a lot of notoriety in terms of a lot of people come back to the event over and over and over again. So we're really, really excited about that because obviously that means they're getting value out of it. And uh, secondly, we've gotten new clients out of it. And uh, including our, our biggest client ever, which is uh, up into the five digits a month. So it's been very productive for us as an agency. We keep getting better at it in terms of um, how do we use the event to attract the right kind of clients for us and how do we make it a positive event for our sponsors. And we get... Uh, typically right around 80 people. It seems to pretty much have solidified around 80 at this point. We were thinking of continuing to grow it, and it's just like, nah, it didn't want to grow. It wanted to stay at 80. So we get 80, 85, 72, but right around 80 people every time, and we do this every quarter. That's what I was going to ask is the frequency in which you do that. Okay, so so basically one time a quarter you guys will will put this event on. And when you go to market it, Larry, how are you how are you drawing in uh, if you have like 80 people, how many would you say are return versus new people and are you kind of always trying to get some new people in as business opportunities for yourselves as well? Um, maybe some leads that you know in the area that could be a good fit. Are you just going to them and saying, hey, this is something we put on, we think you might find find valuable, and then you get to meet them in, in person, face-to-face, and start a conversation that way? Or how's some of the promotion done of the event? Well, um, first of all, you'll be happy to know that we have a documented process for the whole thing. There you go. Course. Good. <laughs> and it's a 10-week process. So uh, we start early so that we don't overload ourselves in any given week. But <clears throat> in terms of invitations, those um, – well, I was going to say they all go out under Mike's and my name, but that's not really true because we also have our speakers. We ask our speakers to invite their audiences. And some speakers do, some speakers don't, quite frankly. Um, but for the emails that we send out, we we definitely go out to people who came last time and people who've come previously. However, we prune that list to get rid of all the mom and pops and B to C's as we can identify them. Mm-hmm. So we we constantly prune that list down. But I but people find out about it anyway and come. It's, and that's okay. Um, I would say of the 80, um, it's about 60, 40. 60% that have been there before and 40% new. And we get those new ones by reaching out to our contacts in the community personally um, putting notices in city business, LinkedIn, trying to think what else. Um, oh, reaching out to our uh, clients and friends and saying, please bring a friend or mm-hmm. who can you refer to this event? So it's with, with one small exception of city business, which doesn't do much for us. Um, it's a digitally marketed event, 
and it never fails, but that the day before we look at registrations and go, oh my God, we're not going to be anywhere close to 80 this time. Oh, maybe it's over. And then there's a line at the door at 830. Everybody wants to register. Oh, gotcha. And the event's free. I think that's in, in terms of how we structure the event, that's been really, really important. Um, and we always say free thanks to our sponsors. So they get a little push. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to get people to come to the landing page and register ahead of time. But like I say, a lot of them just walk in at the time. And you know, we've tried to do all kinds of things within the event to change it up and to make it better. Um, I'm not sure that all of them were good moves in retrospect. Uh, one of the things we've tried to do is uh, do videos of every event. So we have videos of every speaker from every event. But we don't really have that because we've used different videographers trying to find someone that was good and reasonably priced. Right. And some of the video we've gotten back is just not not viewable. I mean, it's just not good. Um, so that's, you know, if I were going to grade that effort, I'd give that a good solid C. Um, one of the things that has worked really well for us is we do a survey at the end of the event and we always have one of the vendors, sorry, not vendors, one of the sponsors of which there's usually one or two, uh, bring a really nice tchotchke of some sort. Um, we've, it's been all over the board in terms of the quality of what they bring, but the one of course that is the best for this audience has been a USB key. I don't know why they stay so popular, but (laughs) they are. Um, and we say, hey, when you turn in your survey to, you know, Bob back at the table, he'll give you one of their USB keys loaded with blah, 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 whatever Bob's got on it. Um, and those surveys have been invaluable in terms of what topic do you want to hear more about? And that really guides our selection of topics. Um, we've talked about changing the format up and doing some different things. And when it gets right down to it, gosh darn it, we have a formula that works and let's not break it. Right. So the formula, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, so you have the doors open, you have about a half hour of meet and greet when people come in. You have four speakers, all about a half an hour long time slots that they get kind of back to back to back. And then at the end, what do you guys do to to kind of wrap that up? Is that right in terms of the flow of the event and how it goes? Yeah, the only thing that I didn't say and therefore you missed also was that within each speaker segment, we encourage the speakers to leave uh, five or eight minutes for Q&A. Okay. So the Q&A happens right there with the speaker rather than trying to accumulate across four speakers at the end. Okay. Um, And then the wrap-up is real simple. We announce the date of the next one, which reminds me I need to set the date for the next one because we have one coming up. Um, And... Uh, we give away uh, something in return for them filling out the survey. And uh, almost always at 11 o'clock, people fly out the door. I mean, they're just, you turn around and the room's empty. Sometimes not. Sometimes there's groups of people that stay as much as 45 minutes talking among themselves. Uh, old friends reconnecting or um, topic-based conversations. They don't seem to grab a speaker and keep him or her extra time. It's more among themselves. Uh, but, but mostly 
the room empties immediately at 11 o'clock. And then people re- register for the next one and come back again. Gotcha. So do you have a spot for them to be able to register for the next one right there uh, at the end? Um, no. But when we hand out the uh, surveys, which is like a half-page survey, it's a real simple two- or three-question survey, we put, uh, do you want to be notified of future events? Put your email address here. Mm-hmm. And they all give us their email addresses or they know we have them. Cool. And I know that you guys have gotten a lot of obviously very good customers, some of your largest customers from doing events like this. Can you talk a little bit about uh, basically how those connections were made, how you kind of transitioned from being the host of this event to uh, reaching out to them in more of a a business, I guess, uh, type of setting to say, hey, you know, let's talk about what you guys are are looking for help with. Or how did those connections happen? Was it follow-up that you guys did after? Was it conversations that happened during the event? Or how are you following up with people who you identify that have come to this event as this might be a potential good product? prospect for us and moving that through kind of the sales process for you? Yeah, great question. So typically we identify companies up front that are good fits for us and call around to see who, who are the right people in that company to invite to the event. So we use the event as an introduction to us. And whether we're speaking or not, we're the smart guys who pulled this event together. Right. And that's how people perceive it. Um, and so we invite them to the event. We welcome them at the door. We show them to their seats, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and at the end of the event, Mike and I both have a short conversation with them. What do you think? Is that, did you learn a lot? Was it valuable? Blah, 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 blah. Um, if we thought coming in that that uh, prospect would be teed up enough that there'd be immediate conversation to be had, we'll invite them to lunch afterwards and we'll set that up ahead of time. And the setup is something like, I know you're going to like this. You're going to learn a lot about inbound marketing and you're going to have a ton of questions. So what we found really works is to sit down with you over lunch and answer all your questions. So you can really make it a a worthwhile morning for your company. Great. Now, is that more of a kind of uh, you and Mike with them or is it more of a group? Like you identify more than one potential company invite them or do you try to keep it real small with more of a, a one-on-one at that point with kind of what you feel is your your best prospect that you've invited to to that yes we do the latter okay. it's one-on-one and you know we don't we don't close a deal at that point mm-hmm. never have so far anyway um but we do close a game plan or we do close a next discovery meeting or, or further exploration, um, or we do close to get in front of Mr. and Ms. Wright. Mm-hmm. So we always get the next meeting or the next opportunity scheduled at that lunch. Right. Well, Larry, I think, I think this is genius. And the reason why I think that is you guys, I think I talk with so many agencies and, and people that are in, in sales, uh, you know, for the agencies and they're saying, you know, Ryan, I've got this list of cold people. I'm not really sure. Is this the right email I need to send them? Is this the right phone call? How do I go through the sales process with them? And I think that it's really hard for people to try to make a legitimate connection 
through through something like a cold lead, even if they feel like it'd really be a good fit because it's someone either geographically they're a good fit and that's what agencies are going after or industry wise, uh, a local you know business that's in a, in a good industry. And instead of tr- basically saying to them, you know, trying to shoot them a cold email and making a connection that way, how much better is it to ho- host a local event that they get to come to really get a ton of value on? Like you said, you guys are the guys that that put this together. The 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 thought leaders, you know, in the space that were able to orchestrate and, and bring everyone together on this, and then the conversations that can flow from that are, are genius. So if you build a a you know a good list of some local companies that you think are a good fit for your agency, inviting them to something like a local event like this and partnering with some sponsors to help cover some of those costs, it, it certainly takes more effort than than writing an email. But I would say, and and you probably speak better to this, the the return on that investment of time is going to be far greater than shooting, you know, 80 emails out to 80 cold prospects, hoping that someone you just happen to hit on the, the perfect time in the right day. Yeah, that's completely true, Ryan. And, you know, for people that are thinking of studying this in their city, one idea that we had early on that seems to have helped. Sometimes you never really know. Um, we invited someone who, well, first of all, we don't invite with one exception, we don't invite uh, other HubSpot agencies to speak. That's that's kind of like our ground rule. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll invite anyone else who's in any other flavor of inbound to speak. That's fine. We'll invite people who aren't in inbound to speak. That's fine. As long as there's maybe that's the setup for the message for the day, topic for the day or something. But um, we did early on invite uh, a couple people who ran social media agencies. Well, one was a social media agency. One was a PR agency that did a lot of social media work. And these were at two different events. We had these two people there. And uh, they really, I'm sure, helped build our list of int- attendees because they really, really, really were experts in social media and spun this out far and wide. So if you're thinking of starting this in your community, that would be one tip I would have for um, a speaker the first time around. Find someone who's a real social media wonk. They don't have to be well-known as that, but as long as you know that they're that, uh, they really help build the audience, and that's critical. And then the other thing is this, is not, this doesn't compete with a, a local hug. So we attend the local hug. We support the local hug. I used to lead the local hug at one time. Um, this is an entirely different event. That one's very down in the weeds, focused on new HubSpot product or new ways of doing something in HubSpot. And in ours, uh, I won't say you don't hear mention of HubSpot, but there's certainly zero promotion of HubSpot. Um, It'll be interesting this coming one, which is on May 11th. If anybody's in the Phoenix area, come join us May 11th. But on, in this coming one, Dan Tyre is one of our speakers. And when I explained to Dan what the event was about and how we got 80 people to every event, he says, well, how'd you do that? We only get 44 to the hug. I'm like, well, this is a different event. It's just different. It attracts a different crowd. And um, so this will be our first HubSpot paid speaker. And it'll be interesting to see how Dan pulls that together. I know he's an awesome speaker, so it'll be fun. Awesome. That is good stuff. Is there anything else, Larry, that you feel people should know? Maybe just quick lessons that you've learned from doing this for a couple years now, things that you wish 
you had known, you know, when you first started, you've already shared a ton of good, good things for people to keep in mind when they're first getting started. But is there anything else that, that comes to mind that would be helpful for people thinking about doing this? Um, one of the things that was kind of surprising to me is that this, uh, isn't a group that you can start slamming with all your offers. That's not what they signed up for. And we tried that right out of the gate. It was a bad idea. Uh, it is a group that's very interested in the next thing in their cycle, which makes perfect sense, right? So at the bottom of every survey, we put, um, we have two new eBooks, this one and that one. We you know, give the names, but we don't give any description. Which one would you like us to send you? And some people don't check either box. Some people check both boxes, but most people check at least something. So there is a follow-up opportunity out of this, and it has to be nuanced just like anything else we do in Inbound. I mean, back when I thought it was shotgun, we tried it differently and it didn't work. But a nuanced approach definitely works with this crowd. And then they're open to coming back again because they've got all this great information the last time, and they think there's going to be more, and there usually is. So do you ever find that, because I know you guys have a lot of, you know, you said 60% of people are coming back multiple times. Have you ever gotten customers where it's almost kind of like a, a long, slow sales process, but one that, that people kind of keep coming back, keep coming back and realizing slowly but surely there's value in partnering with an agency like yourselves. Is that how sometimes that goes? Or do you try to get that information, start kind of slow, but have a, a process of emails that you're sending to follow up with them, you know, very value adding, but kind of leading them down that path right after that first time they come to, you know, if they, if you feel they're a good prospect for you, uh, you know, kind of nudging them towards having opening up a conversation about that. Um, we do have a path that we lead them down if they uh, are good prospects for us. And we're pretty picky about that. Um, but we also have people who we thought were good prospects, but the timing wasn't right. And they're very clear about that when they respond to us. And they'll come back next time, and they'll come back the next time. And, uh, you know, we'll keep kind of saying hello, and we're doing another event, real low-key. And eventually they re seem to raise their hands and say, let's talk. Gotcha. So we have gotten some clients out of that kind of long-term approach. And it's, you know, we didn't get any clients out of the first one. We didn't get any clients out of the second one. I can't remember if it was the third or the fourth one when we started getting clients. You know, at first, at the very beginning, Ryan, we were just interested in butts and shares. Mm -hmm. We would take anybody. We didn't care. If you were a student, we thought that was great. Come on over. We just wanted to fill the room. Right. We didn't care. And then we, we looked at the audience. We go, huh, okay, now let's get a little smarter about this. And so we've just, over time, winnowed and winnowed and winnowed and winnowed until we're really zeroing in on exactly who our buyer personas are at our targeted companies. And that's, that's who we want as our audience now. But it's a process. Right. And the first one, we had 30 people. I go, yes, this is awesome. 30 people. This is incredible. Let's do 50. 
And uh, the next one, we were, I think, 65 or 70. I couldn't believe it because they all came in last minute. And then we've had as high as 90, and we've never gone below 80 again. Hmm. Um, so it, it does take time to build. It does take ongoing commitment. And it does take, uh, depending on how you want to slice it, eight or 10 weeks to put it together. So it's it's a big, I mean, you just get one done and you're pretty much taking a breath and then starting the next one. Gotcha. Um, so it's a big commitment. Right. And, uh, but people start to, to tell other people and bring friends. Mm-hmm. So it's important if you go down this road to keep doing it because well, the, the word does get out. Yeah, it's almost like podcasting, right? Consistency is something that helps. But I think even if you don't get a customer directly from that event, the fact that you guys are the ones that are running this event, the consistency is there. It's every quarter. People know you've been doing it for a couple years now. Even if you guys get a lead that, that you know, bef- before the event starts, and I don't know if this has happened to you at all, Larry, but I, I could imagine if I was hosting something like this and we had a local lead come through and kind of had that connect call with them, what a great opportunity to invite them to say, hey, this is something we do once a quarter for you. It's free for you to attend. I think you find a lot of valuable stuff and love to uh, grab lunch with you, like you said, after or, or just be able to chat with you, meet in person, but could be a good morning of you just, just getting some good information, more hearing more about inbound in general and and seeing if it'd be a good fit for for your company is that something you're interested in uh and what a way to connect with someone right to to get them there and and just position yourself as that thought leader as they get there and they see wow there's these guys have 80 or 90 other people here uh hosting this event and uh some sponsors and and uh i think it, it really adds a lot of validity to your agency and kind of makes you stand out from certainly any of the other agencies in the in the phoenix area yeah, it does. And the other thing it does that was kind of a side benefit, because we're always out looking for speakers, um, we've met a lot of really great people that we can refer business to and that can refer a business to us. Mm-hmm. Now, that second step hasn't happened yet, I don't think. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of an instance where they refer business to us yet, but we've certainly been referring business to our speakers um, and it really helps us to get to know them and their agencies a little better, whether it's a social media business or whether it's a software business or uh, another in, another flavor of inbound. Um, we had a vice president of Infusionsoft come and talk at one point. Wow. And boy, did I learn a lot because he went way down into metrics and it was it was amazing. His presentation was really amazing. But um, uh, you know, there's now people in Infusionsoft that I can call if we run into someone, which we just did, who uses Infusionsoft and isn't very savvy about it. I got people I can reach out to that can help us get started with that person right away. Hmm. So there's this whole kind of professional relationships, set of professional relationships that we're building that we didn't even see that as as something that we were interested in or or knew about or thought would happen. It just kind of happened organically. And we look back and go, wow, this is really cool. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Larry, I appreciate all the time today and, and you sharing this. I know the community thanks you as well. 
Uh, we have quite a few listeners, uh, both of uh, agency owners and a lot of agency salespeople uh, to the podcast here, and uh, exciting to have our, our first guest on and uh, hearing kind of specifically what you guys are doing, how it's been beneficial to you guys. Larry, if, if people have just kind of quick questions for you, and I want to be respectful of your time, and I have people bombard you with too much, but is there a way for people to get in touch with you and maybe ask you a specific question, Twitter, or email, something like that? Yeah. Um, that'd be great. I'd be glad to talk to anybody who has questions. They can reach me at Larry at sensiblemarketing.com. And in true do inbound fashion, I'd be happy to share our 10-week process with anybody who wants it. Wow. So they just need to let me know. Wow. That's very generous. I will, uh, I'll be sure to put a link to your contact info in the show notes, Larry. Again, very much appreciate you being here. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Uh, if you guys have questions, definitely contact Larry. Uh, feel free to comment on the show notes uh, as well with any questions, and we can make sure that, that he's aware of those. Um, but appreciate your listenership. As always, we'll be back next Wednesday uh, with episode number 48. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe? Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.